Good morning, everyone. The scripture reading today is taken from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 to 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my friends. I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Come right out. I have no idea what's going on or what this place is at all. Hi! I am Princess Unikitty, and I welcome you all to Cloud Cuckoo Land! So there's no signs or anything. How does anyone know what not to do? Here in Cloud Cuckoo Land, there are no rules. There's no government, no babysitters, no bedtimes, no frowny faces, no bushy mustaches and no negativity of any kind. You just said the word no like a thousand times. And there's also no consistency. I hate this place. Any idea is a good idea, except the not happy ones. Those you push down deep inside where you'll never, ever, ever, ever find them. Cloud Cuckoo Land, where there are no rules and Anytime you feel sad or bad, you just shove all those feelings deep, deep down so no one can ever find them. It's very uh, similar to the saying, just fake it till you make it. Stay happy and smile even though your life is falling apart. Smile and pretend we are not in a worldwide pandemic that feels like it's going on forever. Smile because Paul says to us, don't be anxious about anything, right? Don't be anxious about anything, so we should just grit our teeth and smile. Just shove down all those feelings and worries because the peace of God transcends all understanding. I didn't know this about the term cloud cuckoo land until I started doing some research, but it's not something that the makers of the Lego movie came up with, but rather it goes really far back to 414 B.C., and it was a term coined by a Greek playwright. So, so what is cloud cuckoo land? 
Cloud Cuckoo Land, according to Wikipedia, is a state of absurdity, over-optimistic fantasy, or an unrealistically idealistic state where everything is perfect. Hence the song from the movie, Everything is Awesome. So is this what Paul is saying here, that in any and every situation we should just go around singing, everything is awesome? Is Paul living in cloud cuckoo land? How can Paul say to us, rejoice and be thankful when our world is falling apart? Everything is not awesome. In fact, these days, everything feels like the opposite of awesome. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. According to Harvard Health Publishing, anxiety has three main components. Emotional, physiolog physiological, physiological, and cognitive. For example, public speaking is considered uh, by many as one of the most common social fears. If you had to make a presentation or a speech in front of a lot of people, you would feel that sense of dread, right? Or, or fear. So that's your emotions. Your stomach may turn or you may have butterflies which speak to your physical uh, anxiety and reaction. And lastly, you may start thinking thoughts like, I can't do this. What am I going to say? I'm going to sound really dumb, or I'm just going to embarrass myself. Anxiety in itself isn't a bad thing. It's actually part of our natural threat response system. And on one end of the spectrum, uh, where you have, if, when you have low lev levels of anxiety, it may actually help you to get your job done. It'll help you to do your work better. It gives you motivation. However, at the other end of the spectrum, anxiety can be debilitating. debilitating. There you go. You could also be, also be anxious about not being able to pronounce words correctly. Uh, and, and there are those who are in the middle who are called almost anxious, and we're just trying to manage and trying to cope with life. And before we go any further... I want to give us permission and to acknowledge that we are all feeling some sort of anxiety right now, and that for some of us, getting professional help is a good thing to do. You are not less faithful, you're not sinning, you're not less of a person to get help. In fact, I would say the opposite. To be willing to deal with and to ask for help shows that you have more courage than to pretend that everything is awesome. So back to our uh, uh, passage, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I believe Paul is trying to say here isn't that we should not be anxious about anything, but rather when we are anxious about anything, that we should be turning to God, turning our worries to God to, in prayer and thanksgiving. And look at what Paul says here happens when we turn our anxieties to God. He says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. 
Why do our hearts and minds need to be guarded? What does our hearts and minds have to do with anxiety? In the Bible, whenever the, the heart is mentioned, it's speaking to more than just what we think of as heart. Usually when we say heart, we think of emotions. But in, in the Bible, when, when they refer to the heart, it includes our minds, our wills, emotions, and our conscience. It's the source from where we make all of our decisions, where, where we draw from. And the mind, on the other hand, is the outflow or what we focus on. It is through the heart and mind that we live out our lives. Our hearts and minds need to be guarded because it can so easily be swayed and influenced by what is around us. We can get swept up by the waves of COVID-19 and we go through the ups and downs of this pandemic. I don't know about you, but there's been so much information out there and misinformation and we're so bombarded with numbers and data, it's really hard to know what's right and what to focus on. It really does feel like sometimes it's just better not to check the news or, or the numbers, but just to live in cloud cuckoo land because it, just, it can get just too overwhelming. Yet it's not running away from our feelings or anxieties, but rather through them that we can give space for, for the God of peace to give us peace. When Jesus was addressing his disciples before he was going to be uh, betrayed, and he was praying his last prayer, this is what Jesus said to them in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you see that? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Jesus is the one who will guard our hearts and minds, not us. Paul doesn't say we should guard our hearts and our minds, but that Jesus will guard it by giving us peace. Not because our situation will get any better, not because it means all of our problems will go away, though we can pray to God about it. It's because the very presence of God, who is peace, will be with us. This is why in Philippians 4.5, Paul says, the Lord is near. And again in verse 9, the God of peace will be with you. When we turn our anxieties to prayer, we are putting our faith and trust in God. It is a way of surrendering our burdens, surrendering our need for control and understanding. It is saying to God, I don't know what's going on, and I'm very worried but yet I will turn, to, turn these things over to you because we, you are the God who loves. You are the God who cares. You're the God who knows more than I do. The phrase, peace that transcends all understanding, is the ability for us to be okay with not knowing or having the answers, but trusting in God. This peace is acknowledging that the way we view the world is different from the way God sees it. It's a way of switching or changing our perspective from that of human understanding to that of God's understanding. It is a peace that is not as the world gives, but as Christ gives. This peace is shalom. It's more than a feeling. It's just more than a state of being. It is the well-being of all creation. This shalom is why we can partner together to share the gospel of peace as we have been 
hearing before. We are to be the bearers of peace and, make, and be peacemakers because the Lord of peace is with us. Again, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When we take our worries and turn them to prayer with thanksgiving, the very act of prayer in thanksgiving will give us peace. I was reading up on anxiety and some of the ways that we can cope and manage anxiety. And one of the main ways of managing and coping with anxiety is through gratitude. Both in the, on the website of Psychology Today and Positive Psychology, there are many studies that link the practice of gratitude as a healthy way to deal with anxiety. They talk about how gratitude is, is good for your body. It helps with stress and even can rewire your brain. In one of the articles I was reading, it mentions this book called Grateful Brain by Alex Korb. In the article, it says that our brain is conditioned to function in a repeated way. For example, a person worry, who worries too much will subconsciously rewire their, their brain to process information negatively. Korb has mentioned that our mind cannot focus on positive and negative information at the same time. I tried doing that. I'm like, can I actually focus on a positive information and negative information at the same time? And I quickly realized I'm, I'm not good at multitasking, so that, that didn't work for me. He continues that by consciously practicing gratitude, we can train the brain to attend selectively to positive emotions and thoughts, thus reducing anxiety and feelings of apprehension. For example, I was getting ready uh, for this talk. Where I haven't, you know, um, Abby asked me, how are you feeling after four months of uh, being on sabbatical? Do you have like four months, four months worth of sermon in you? And I was like, well, you know, it's like uh, when you're riding a bike that hasn't been tuned up in a while, right? There's some rust on there. But so I was a little anxious. And so then, you know, sometimes as you do when you get anxious is that you wake up in the middle of the night and you start thinking about uh, and worrying about your sermon and what you have to say. And actually, sometimes I have these recurring dreams where, where in the dream, I'm asked to speak. And I'm up in the front with everybody watching me, and I didn't prepare a talk. So I'm just fumbling along, making up stuff, and that's like my nightmare, right? That's my, my, my anxious uh, dreams. And so what I can do is I, I can do that. I could focus on how, oh, man, this sermon isn't coming along. What am I going to say? I can't get, seem to get, uh, you know, the illustration right. I could focus on how my talk can be so bad that no one's paying attention and they're bored to death and so on, right? But I could also start being thankful and looking at and, and almost shifting my perspective on some of the other things that I get to do by being up in, in, in front of all of you and making a fool of myself at times, is that God somehow wants to use people like me and others who come up here and speak and use their words to speak the truth to you or where you feel as though God is speaking to you directly. I can be thankful that I get to do this as part of my job that I get to spend time in the Bible and, and get to figure out how can I make this relevant 
and impactful to others. When I start listing what I'm grateful for, I don't have the mental space to be anxious or to worry. And I wondered if this is why Paul says further in verse 8, that finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, this is not to negate or ignore your current circumstances as there are things in your life that need intention, things that you should worry about. But what Paul is giving us is a way to be the people of God who continues to bring the peace of Christ in the midst of the realities of life. What I think Paul is saying here is that we are to acknowledge the realities of life, but to lift up our anxieties and prayers unto God with thanksgiving. As we recognize the gifts of life, whether or not it's going our way, whether or not we, we think this pandemic is going to be over, we can seek to be peacemakers and partners of the gospel. So what are the things in this life that you are anxious about? For many of us, it is COVID. Numbers are climbing. Delta variant is going up. I just saw on the news today that there's this new variant in South America, I believe. Every time you have a cough or a sore throat, thinking that maybe you have COVID. And for some of you, it might be your kids. How are they doing? How are they at school? What are their friends like? Are they going to have any friends? How are their social skills? For others, it's bills. How am I going to pay for this or that? You know, uh, those who lose their jobs, who are worried about this economy. And for some of you, school, paying for tuition, exams, going to school during a pandemic. Will people like me? What is our response in the midst of such worries? I don't know if you've ever felt this way when you go to pray, that when you are trying to focus on praying, all these different thoughts come into your head, right? And, and you know, I, I feel like when I was growing up, I was taught that when those thoughts come into your head, you, you, you should ignore it and put them aside because, you know, you're trying to focus on praying and spending time with God. So the thoughts that come into your mind, you know, they're distractions. But I came out across this one prayer exercise where, in the exercise, instead of ignoring or putting those thoughts away, that you focus more on the thoughts and the distractions that come in your prayer time. And what I found helpful is that what that does is it brings to surface the things that I, that I am actually concerned about, the things that I'm worried about. And when you do that, instead of running away from it, you walk towards it. And in that, you could um, offer that up to God in prayer. And for me, that has been a very helpful way of helping me realize what I'm carrying, but at the same time, turning those to God in prayer. Another, I think, response is that we, uh, related to the first of prayer, is prayer through thanksgiving. What are the ways 
that you can practice gratitude. In the midst of COVID, we can look at all the negative things about COVID. People are dying. The numbers are going up. We are in a lockdown. And I'm not saying that those things are uh, not real and we should just uh, ignore them and live in cloud cuckoo land. But at the same time, we can change our perspective and be grateful for what we do have. COVID has taught me that people really matter. Relationships matter. Everything else seems, really, who cares, right? When you can't see your loved ones, when you can't see your friends face to face, to me, in the end, that's what matters. My work, school, they don't matter. They do, they matter, but you know what I mean. We can get so caught up with our busy schedules and with the things that, of our daily lives, we forget what really matters. Last week, as staff, we took time to share. We, we had a day retreat where we were um, planning things out, but also spending time uh, with one another. And one of the exercises we did was that we said, let's take some time to write down what we are grateful or what we appreciate about the other person. And I don't think we've ever really done this. And, you know, obviously we say nice things to one another, but I find it's so much easier for us to nitpick what someone doesn't do well versus what we actually appreciate about that person. And I don't know about the rest of the staff, but when I was sharing what I was uh, appreciating about someone, um, it actually made my heart feel better, right? Like like you had more um, positive energy and felt good about what you were sharing. At the same time, when I was receiving Um, words of appreciation. And one of the things we normally do when we do do hear good things about us is that we brush it aside. We're like, yeah, yeah, oh, thanks, yeah, but, you know, there are things I still need to work on or, or, or whatever, right? But instead, to just really embrace and, and, and let it sink in that there are things good about you, right? I think that is a practice that I think it's worth practicing and that we need to do more of. The third response uh, uh, or third point is that we could focus on doing good and making peace. How are we to be in the midst of our anxiety and in a world that seems like it's falling apart? Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. C.S. Lewis addressed students during World War II of why it's important to still be students. Students are saying, why should I go to school when people are dying in a war? And he gives different reasons and points for why students should still be students. But one of the ones that I found interesting is that he writes that in that war, or in our case, COVID, doesn't increase the probability of death, but just makes death more real to us. We are all dying in one sense or another. So how are we going to live as we we count our days Do good. Seek whatever is true, pure, 
whatever is lovely. I think lastly, uh, we need to remember that Jesus is close, closer to you and I, to you and I, than you think. Two times in our passage, and I, I would even argue three, Paul says that Jesus is with us. Verse 4, the Lord is near, and that's why we should rejoice. And verse 8, and the God of peace will be with you. The Lord is near. He is not far away, ignoring your problems or worries. He is close. He is near. This is why Paul says for us to rejoice, because Jesus is closer to us than we think. He is waiting for us to turn to him. He is with us whether or not we feel it. The Lord is near, so don't stay anxious, but don't stay anxious about anything, but in every situation, not just during the good times, but in every and every situation, present your request to God with thanksgiving. You're allowed to worry. You're allowed to be anxious and still be a good Christian. Instead of reading this as don't be anxious about anything, but rather when you are anxious, when we are anxious, because we will be, that when we are anxious, we can turn to God in prayer and thanksgiving. We can either be consumed by the constant bombardment of information about the pandemic, what's happening in Afghanistan, or even climate change, or we can turn to God in prayer and thanksgiving and do good and be peacemakers. It is a reminder for me when I worry about my kids, worry about whether or not I have COVID or whatever other worries that keep you up at night. It is a reminder to turn to God with those worries. It is not a way of suppressing your worries or anxieties or emotions or faking happiness. It is within our worries, acknowledging that we, what we are feeling and turning them over to God. In that act of trust, we, re- we receive the peace of God because we receive the very presence of Jesus. Let's pray. God of peace, I thank you that you are a God who doesn't shy away from suffering, doesn't shy away from death, that you enter into the darkest places and give us hope. And that through those places, you bring about light and life. And so we turn our anxieties and worries to you, whatever they may be. And help us to be able to see as you see the world. Help us to learn how to practice the discipline of thanksgiving and gratitude. And know that you are near us. That you are with us. And until you do, we will keep worshiping you, keep doing good, and be peacemakers as you call us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.